Hello and welcome back to Clear Eyes, Full Hearts Plus Booze, your favorite Friday Night Lights podcast starring me, Katie Elliott. And I'm Mary Johnson. And today we have a very special guest. Please introduce yourself. Hi everyone. My name is Aaron <laughs> Zorgo. Um, it's great to be here. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So the truth is that this podcast wouldn't even exist if it weren't for you. Is that true? Yeah, uh, it's actually true. It's pretty true. You gave us the impetus, is that the right word, to begin this beautiful journey. And you also gave us the most special gift of all. Which was? The name. The name. The name. It's true. I came up with the name. Yeah. So and I didn't get paid anything at all. Well, you get paid by being a guest host today, all the way through. That's true. Beginning to end. What was your... And it's more priceless than gold. Okay, we'll see about that. <laughs> but what was your initial choice for name? We had none. <laughs> there was no plan B? No, no. Didn't we just tweet, like, should we have a Friday Night Lights podcast? And then Aaron was like, yes, here's all the tools and everything. <laughs> yeah, here's every, every Guys, answer, I, I every question all, you had to answer. I got it all set up for you. Just hit record. Yeah. Okay. The name is there and the, there's built-in alcoholism, too, so Yeah, the name, Enjoy. the concept. What? Where would we be if it weren't for you? Are you a marketing genius? You should be. Mm-hmm. That's on my resume, on my LinkedIn profile. Marketing Are you a genius? wizard? <laughs> marketing wizard, <laughs> special projects, co-creator of podcasts. <laughs> Endorsed. Nice. Well, thanks for having me, guys. No do you, worries. Do you want to shout out your your social stuff? Oh, um, if you like... You can find me at on Twitter at, at Aaron Zorgel, A-A-R-O-N-Z-O-R-G-E-L. We'll link it. Yeah. Tag me. That's pretty much it. Great. Do you want to add him on LinkedIn so you can see yeah. his marketing skills? I'm in the top 10 of uh, marketing professionals who've started football TV show related podcasts. Wow. There are at least 10 number of three. those. <laughs> Gunner for number one. One day. Well, we have a lot of content to cover today, uh, so I think we can probably just get started. So we watched season one, episode six and seven. So here are the summaries according to Netflix. For episode six, title El Accidente. <laughs> After his arrest for beating up a student, Reyes tries to cover up the truth. Tim springs Jason from rehab and takes him to see a beautiful lake. And uh, episode seven is titled Homecoming. Smash feels pressure to back up his bold claims about his football skills. Tim tries to give up drinking just as Tyra plans a huge homecoming party. So there's so much to cover, as you can (laughs) tell. So I think we should start with probably the most dramatic thing that happens throughout the two episodes. The fight. The fight. Okay, so the fight, everyone is like on edge because they lost a game. Yeah, waiting. Yeah, sorry. Just jumping in. (laughs) You're the football expert, so. (laughs) Um, They might have one of their victories taken away from them because it is being investigated whether or not Voodoo uh, was illegally recruited. And if they rule on that, uh, that he was, it will be a forfeit. 
So tensions are high. Yeah. As usual. No one can really be happy or normal. And so they're at the burger place. Aztec burger? Yeah. And the nerd squad is like getting all frustrated that like the football players care so much about a stupid football game. The nerd squad being Matt currently Landry and a one-off character named Caster. Kurt Caster. And Caster says something like offhand and kind of just to his friends and the football guys like hear it kind of, but then no one cares. Except for Reyes, who got into a fight with Voodoo and he's all mad. Voodoo called him a racist name. Yeah. So then Reyes follows Caster into the parking lot and beats him up. So he's tightly wound. He has too much testosterone. He's surrounded by this football nonsense all the time. So he just has to channel his aggression. And he knows he can't take it out on Voodoo. And so Caster is there. Wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, man, he just picks a fight with a tiny nerd. So, fights are shitty to watch. I hated that. Yeah, it was not cool. Uh, especially because there was, it was not a fair fight in any way. And does Landry come to his rescue? Matt does. Good. Well, all the football players are like, this is wrong. Yeah. It's pretty... It's... Does that show, like, Matt trying to be a captain, finally? Like, that he, like, had the balls to, like, actually break up the fight? I don't know if Matt would have stepped in if it wasn't one of his pals. Mm. Oh. Interesting. Okay. The stakes were higher because it was someone he was with, even. And so after, they're trying to come, like, everyone's trying to get to the bottom of, like, why did this fight start? Who started this fight? And they, Reyes says that Castor uh, called him something, that they had a fight, and he was just like so riled up because Castor was being racist, and that's why he. Yeah, so Reyes basically did his excuse or his story was what his mind did, which was use uh, Castor as a placeholder for voodoo and take out his aggression on him. He just told that lie so that uh, he would get off and have some sympathy because there was a racial element. And obviously all the football guys were like, yep, great. Telling the truth. Good story. And Coach Taylor falls for it hook, line, and sinker. I feel like Coach would have believed Reyes if he told him the earth is flat in that moment. He was just like, anything you say I'm about to agree with. He also just, he doesn't even blink. Like when Tammy is like, listen, I think he's lying. I'm not, not buying this. Coach is like, well, what? why would he lie? I don't understand. Because his version of the truth is convenient to coach. Because he needs Reyes because he's a good defensive player. I hate that. But something interesting about Reyes is that he was sort of, I think he was teased in other episodes, but... He was essentially just here for this one big blow up. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of maybe the first, I don't know if you guys would agree. I think it's like the first sort of big racial dispute that's Mm -hmm. on the Panthers and that's in the town of Dillon on the show. And his name is Reyes. Reyes. (laughs) (laughs) It's bonkers. 
That's like a genius Easter egg. Wow. I never would have thought of that. Race. That's crazy. What I find really crazy about him is that, of course, it was terrible that Voodoo called him a racist name, but the character of Reyes like has no like it's not a sympathetic dimensional character he is just shitty yeah you don't like i I kind of feel like maybe i should have felt worse for him they also allude to like the fact that he's a hothead and that he has like a prior record for assault which is crazy that like he has prior infractions and they were like oh but play football still yeah, in that way, they also just make it clear, like, this is a villain. This is not someone we we should feel ambivalent toward. And it also shows that, like, they'll tolerate anything if you're good at football, right? Yeah, which is sort of reflected in time and time again in professional football and in college football. Like, I don't know a ton about it, but that recent scandal with Peyton Manning, where it was like... 10, I don't know if it was, it was before he was in the NFL, he was at college, and he allegedly placed his genitals on a female trainer's forehead. Heavy. While she was, like, giving him physiotherapy. This and is something that, like, you could do an entire podcast about, and obviously you have very strong feelings about it, but... It's too much. Yeah, to keep it's it short, much. to keep it short, there was, like... A campaign of like sort of let's keep this on the down low so that we can mm-hmm. win our championship so that Peyton can go on to become one of the most uh, respected and best quarterbacks in the NFL history. And uh, only now is he sort of having to answer to it. And will he? I don't know. Probably not. Probably not. But um, one good thing about it in the not it, but about uh, Friday Night Lights is that Reyes ultimately does have to answer for what he did he has to answer to tammy taylor there's no higher power in friday night Lights. we're lucky that we that coach can be like influenced by her because she keeps pressing that like maybe this isn't the truth um and i think it's like it really when matt comes to him and tells him the truth after when matt steps up to the plate Coach is like, okay, I have enough. I don't even need to ask again. Like, Tammy and Matt both know what's up. Yeah, the two angels on his shoulder. Oh my God, yeah, they kind of are. They're like his guardian angels. And then Buddy Garrity is the (laughs) The devil. devil. (laughs) I was going to say Julie's the devil. Yeah, well, Julie's more just like a... Like a demon poltergeist. (laughs) Um... I've never seen a demon with bangs. <laughs> they probably all have bangs. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. So Matt coming to coach was kind of the resolution of this particular episode's character arc for him. Because Landry and Castor were worried that he was going to cross over and become a jock. So that's kind of the theme of the episodes is people's football selves versus their true selves so you see it in matt where is he gonna you know continue to become like continue on his journey of becoming like an artist nerd (laughs) (laughs) or is he gonna go full out into the football realm and then you also see it in tammy because people don't take her seriously as the guidance counselor because she's the coach's wife as well yeah 
Tyra, I think, is the one that like brings it up in this episode, right? She's like says something kind of mean to Tammy about it. Tyra says she doesn't want to be the coach's wife. Oh, yeah, she doesn't want to grow up. up to be like her, right? As well as Caster's mom says that she's not going to do anything about the fight because she's on coach's side. What does coach say? You have to sell your soul. You have to sell your soul down the river. While he's like nursing a cup of red wine, (laughs) like he's like, guys, like I'm gonna coach you and mold you and make you really great moral people, but you have to sell your soul. He says it's hard not to sell your soul, Mm. so means he's been tempted, but because he's coach, he holds out. Coach is like so complex. Yeah, he's. He's almost as tortured as Tim Riggins. He he has his own sort of moral quandary in this episode, though, when he's faced with the consequences of the Buddy Garrity voodoo thing blowing up in his face, right? Mm. Oh, yeah. So he sold himself down the river in that moment. He did. He caved, right? And he went, he like, you know, followed Buddy along. Do-do-do. I'll do what Buddy says. Never do what Buddy says. Mm -mm. It's not going to end well for anyone. I hate Buddy so much. I'm just going to... That's just going to be my stance for this whole thing. Until season four. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Stay tuned, guys. Season four. Everything changes. Speaking of rivers <laughs> and bodies of water. How about this beautiful lake we've been hearing so much about? The beautiful lake is the best part of the whole season one well the beautiful lake is it's been building tim taking jason to go see a beautiful lake it's been building (laughs) (laughs) really it's been building this whole time well not the lake but tim and jason reconciling they used to be best friends they tim hasn't gone to see him in the hospital it's weird that like Jason is like having a really weird time and he just calls Tim and tells him to come to the hospital and then Tim does. And because he didn't do it before. He just like he needed to hear it. He needed oh. to. It was like six weeks and I think in that speech he gives him he's like grace periods over. I need you. Man. I need you to take me to the lake. <laughs> is that like the that time when Tim like rushes to the hospital is that when he Jason gets mad at him for like taking so long and he says that his truck isn't running right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he cries because his truck isn't running his truck ain't running <laughs> well I think the only reason uh, Tim shows up is because he's racked with guilt and he thinks he's about to have the Lila conversation mm, oh you're right yeah. you're right you're right he shows he says, up and he's like he thinks that Jason called him to like because he knows mm-hmm. If you guys don't remember, Tim and Lila have been having an affair behind Jason's back. It's dramatic. So dramatic. So he's talking about his truck, like that has anything to do with with it, but he's really crying about his guilt. Ah, yes. There's a King of the Hill episode where, like, Hank's truck is dying and, like, he can't do anything to fix it and it's, like, slowly but surely dying. And, um... He starts crying all the time because his truck is broken. And it turns out that he's picturing himself as the truck. And that, like, Bobby, like, is going to be sad when Hank dies. 
it's a deep show. <laughs> men have such complicated relationships <clears throat> to their cars. Well, like men can't actually have any feelings for any other men. So they have to be like, my friend is my truck and my truck is my friend. And what, what? I don't know it's what's true. happening. You don't know where to put those emotions. So you put it into a <laughs> four carburetor engine or whatever. Me and my truck are best friends. <laughs> yeah, no, I think something interesting in this episode and this entire show is like the complexity of male friendships while on the surface are super simple and just like I'm having trouble with my truck oh I'm so sorry take me to the lake that's very straightforward oh like to us we took it at face value yeah but there are codes in oh, all of that please enlighten us you are our football expert and our man expert <laughs> yeah let's get into the male psyche um no, it is super weird. I think there is sort of, especially in like the world of high school and football and America and like trucks, it's sort of not, uh, you're supposed to keep a lot of it inside. And if you, if you ever have a male friendship where you're uh, going into territory that's not light or not about sports or not about the truck or not about, you know, how mm-hmm. hot that girl was. Um, it's discouraged and it's it's scary. Um, so I think that tempers a lot of male friendships and you just have these people who you're super close with and you like trust and like, you know, how Riggins loves uh, Street like a brother and he just, you know, he's crying about it and he gives him the game ball. Mm-hmm. And like it's these symbols that are really uh, take on importance because you can't verbalize it. So you're like, I love you like a brother. Here's the game ball is like... Does this happen in real life? I think so. I, mean, I think I, it's. I think so too. I have, I have, a, quite a few male friends, and we all, we aren't like you know, we don't have trucks. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still difficult to get real um, with emotions, and so you sort of like you know, you they come out in other ways, and you find ways to sort of sort of show how much someone means to you without saying it and it gets it's very um very difficult and sort of hard to uh come back from real conflict because you can't really hey man you really hurt me when you didn't come to the hospital for those six weeks you know so like it takes a literal like like almost life-ending injury for someone to break down those sort of social barriers crazy maybe one of your friends should get a truck yeah and take me to the lake because <laughs> I haven't been. Well, the lake is figurative too, right? Really, it's not a real lake. It's it's a it's a Katie's state of mind. Katie's eyes just like like open so wide. Like really, <laughs> Tim, take me to the lake. <laughs> it's an escape from from you know the reality of what they're facing as football players and as people with life and en- life ending injuries. You know, like end of their horrible situation where they're in. You know, a love triangle Jason doesn't even know. Mm-hmm. It's true. So the lake is like a refuge. Oh my God. Where they can all just be. It's an oasis. Like it's being like a fantasy yeah. world. So while they're at the lake around the fire, looking at the beautiful lake, it's so clear. Like Tim is so tortured over all this shit. He wants them to like all get a yurt and just camp out. He literally wants to be in a throuple. He like loves this love triangle. He mm-hmm. wants Lila. He wants Jason. It's, he it's wants his, them all to like cohabitate. It's his family unit. It's another mm. like semblance of family. 
at the end of the episode, I think he even says, like, the three of us, can we can do anything together. Which oh is an God. insane thing to say given the circumstances. Lila's probably sitting there going, like, oh, my God, stop talking now. <laughs> yeah. You're a psycho. She's so uncomfortable. Like, and for a good reason. She yeah. didn't want to go see the lake. No. She was like, do your weird lake thing. I'm going to be, you know, telling everyone at the rehab center where he all went. But but the beautiful excursion has to come to an end sometime. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I guess I guess Riggins' truck that day is running because he... <laughs> <laughs> well, he did fix it. Okay. And he like, gives them a lift, gives Jason a lift back to the rehab center. And then Jason is um, in the building and he looks out the window as Tim and Lila are like saying goodbye and they hug each other goodbye. It very intimately. And it's kind of cozy. And they Jason. They hold each other for a long time. Yeah, it's a slow release. <laughs> it's at least four steamboats. <laughs> Um, and Jason gets a little suspicious. Like, I don't think he should have been suspicious at the lake when Tim was just getting like all like handsy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, No, that's fine. All the stolen glances didn't tip him off, but the long embrace. Maybe it just all added up and he wasn't. He wasn't under the lake spell anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was back to reality, <laughs> back, back to, to reality. the stark hospital hallways. Okay, that makes sense. Nothing bad happens at the lake. <laughs> it's an oasis. <laughs> <laughs> and so then Jason gets a little... Uh, he's on high alert kind of from that point mm-hmm. on. He, get, he like needles people for kind of info. He asks his friends at the rehab center like what their thoughts are on the situation. He's uncomfortable. His friends at the rehab center are like awesome. They're great, dude. They're great. They're great characters. They're kind of comic relief because they're so like they're comfortable with you know their with who they are. Injuries yeah, those are some good male friends. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they've been through hell and back, and now they're like, no, like screw yeah. this truck lake bullshit. It's true because like look at the shit we've gone through. Yeah. Like it doesn't make sense. Yeah, to, life's like, too short. Like. Totally. Tell your friend you love them. I think if you can relate to someone on that in extreme level, like you can sort of, mm. you can go anywhere. But when you're just like a teenager trying to play football, it's like very difficult to sort of be real with your feelings. But yeah, I think like because they share that in common, they're able to break it down so much quicker. Love it. So once they're back to reality, Jason. He's suspicious. Tim is drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Tim starts um, episode seven so drunk. It's a pep rally. It's probably like 10 in the morning. Yeah. It's he's in full football regalia. Everyone's partying. A band is playing. The mayor, who is Aaron's favorite character, (laughs) gives a speech. And um, Lila and Tim like cross paths at the pep rally. And she is like disgusted by him. She is so disgusted. And she's probably again taking her frustration and anger out on him. But he's really drunk and just he's acting deplorable. 
Yeah, so we romanticized him, obviously, because he's so handsome and tortured and just, you know, the whole package. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Everything you could want in a dude. But the truth is, if you were in high school and there was just a drunk guy that you slept with and you felt weird about it and he was drunk at 10 a.m., you'd be like, uh, like... Uh, yeah, it would be like examine your life and your choices and you wouldn't think that was hot. No, you wouldn't. Yeah, you're right. You wouldn't. But from our perspective, from the couch, <laughs> no smell of vision. <laughs> Tim is so hot. Yep. Hot as a drunk guy? Hot as a drunk guy. Hot as a sober guy. Hot. I think he's hot as a, hot gre- as a drunk guy. Greasy guy. Because that's why I said he fixed his truck because there's a scene where him and Lila are having their, you know, their first heart to heart of many Mm -hmm, these mm -hmm. series of episodes. And he's covered in like grease, like that black car grease. Wait, is that when she comes over in her plunging neckline tank top? So plunging. And they drink like beer on his stoop. Mm -hmm. I feel like in this episode you could replace like every Tim and Lila scene with just a scene of drake and rihanna from the purple work video mm-hmm. <laughs> because drake, he... drake is less greasy but yeah I see it. <laughs> yeah like because she is like no nonsense trying to have a conversation she's in control because she can tell if she tells tim like anything he'll do it and tim's like just so in love with her he's like not even paying attention It's Drake and Rihanna. Yeah. He loves her so much. And they have a history. And they're like apart. But they're magnetized together all the time. And they make beautiful music together. Listen. This is the best theory ever. Lila and Rihanna both have very good boobs. Just to play devil's advocate, I always thought that um, Tyra would be a Rihanna. Interesting. Tyra's more of a Beyonce. Really? I agree. (laughs) (laughs) I thought, I I look at uh, Tyra as a good girl gone bad. Actually, but doesn't she? No, Lila's a good girl gone bad. Yeah, Lila is. Is she, okay, yeah, she's being bad. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I see where you're coming from. Tyra is like a bad girl who gets reformed. Bad girl gone good. The opposite. The anti-Rihanna. Anti. (laughs) Sound of my brain exploding. There you go. So not only is Tim drunk throughout these episodes, he decides to clean up his act once he sees that Lila hates how drunk he is at 10 Mm a.m. He does it for her. Um, And it takes Billy off guard also, who is his older brother, because they like comes home, wants to drink a beer with him. And Tim's like, nope, I'll clean now. Yeah. And Billy just goes like, ha ha ha, whatever. And then like doesn't doesn't think it's real. And then the next day, Tim is exercising, jogging. So, you know, it's real. Sweating it out. (laughs) Sweating out the toxins. Like we could all learn a thing or two from drunk and sober Tim Riggins. Right? I, I'm not arguing. <laughs> Tim's hot when he's sober. He's hot when he's drunk. He's hot when his very obvious Canadian accent comes out to play. Yep. Coach is always talking about uh, 
one team and one heart. But an underrated Riggins, really. Billy. Billy is hot. Yeah. I didn't know if Billy was hot until Katie until had confirmed to- it. <laughs> until Katie had to like make it clear that I wasn't just being a psycho like a psycho, but um and also he has a good he hasn't act horribly in this, you know, episode. He, he He's really nice. He acts horribly, I'd say. He just like has to provide for Tim and make ends meet and whatever and he has this kind of like reputation of not being good at holding down a job but he has an entrepreneurial spirit which if he was like if he had like family money he would be like heralded as like a young genius if he had opportunity he could go far he just he's also one of those people that his life is stifled to like help the you know help Mm. Tim to like I put my life on hold so like you can fulfill your football dreams and play for this team and blah blah blah. But like Billy is hot. Yep, Billy's hot. How old do we think Billy is? Twenty seven. You think he's that much older than that's like ten years older. He looks twenty seven, but I forgot that everyone in the show looks ten years older. He's probably like twenty three. Because he still has to be old enough to like be Tim's guardian, right? He has to be old and or he has to be young enough so that the the ghosts of football aren't such a distant memory that he's even given up on that. He still sort of like feels those those days of uh, of state. So if Tim's seven, if Tim's sixteen, <laughs> suspend wow. your disbelief. Uh, a greasy drunk sixteen year old who is hot. <laughs> Well, you like that. Okay, so Tim's 16. Shockingly, we were supposed to believe Tim's 16. So Billy would be five years older, four years older? Billy would be 20? No, no, no. Billy looks 48. (laughs) Okay. I think, okay, my theory is that he still has to be old enough to be like Tim's guardian, but not just in like physical age but in the way to like have a job provide for him like do the whole pseudo parent role i think that he is probably like 23 like i don't think he's i think he's like like six years seven years older not 10 years under 10 yeah under 10 but five i don't know well but like 21 that's so young that like Tim looks older than twenty one. Yeah. Man. This hot guy sidebar took a turn. I'm now questioning everything I believe about this show. It's more of a hot boy sidebar. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Well, at least we have one. One man we can count on. The light of my life. Wait, we're talking about Landry, right? <laughs> I was talking about Coach. Landry's, Landry's 15. Yeah, Landry also underage. Landry's, yo- Landry's a year younger than Tim. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but take... Let's get in a time machine. Go back to when we were in high school. Mm-hmm. Yep. Landry's our true crush. A hundred percent. Landry's exactly the kind of guy that we would have been like weirdly in love with when like, you're in high school. A weird like nerd that also is obsessed with bands. And he wears like vintage shirts. 
probably wears blazers once in a while if it wasn't so hot in texas in a christian speed metal band say no more it's all it's all you need yeah i think just um i think that landry kind of exists as the not the voice of reason but maybe he's like a mirror so you see yourself in the show because you're like he is outraged that this is happening uh, to his friend and this uh, Reyes is getting away with, you know, lying about uh, his friend saying a racial slur. And he's getting outraged to the same degree that you are on the other side of the screen. And no one else in the sh- in the show, everyone's like under the spell of football in the show. Yeah. Except for him. He's removed. He's also the only man that can vocalize his feelings. Mm-hmm. Like when he tells Matt that he's disappointed in him for not speaking up right away. And he's always egging him on like to to ask out Julie. Yeah, he's like, is he a ghost? <laughs> <laughs> like he's just so wise beyond his years. I just think that he says what everything we're thinking. He's like super relatable because he has interests outside of football that he like but football isn't really one of his interests like he's like just like yeah i get it you guys do that but i don't really you know it's not my thing and he doesn't waver from that whereas like matt and those other dudes have like their football life and then their regular life landry just has his one life you know and he's honest i guess that's the goal unite your lives (laughs) Well, he get, he joins the football team later. Yeah, but I still even feel like that is like he's more in it for it's the a part, It's a part of him. He's not trying to separate it. No, he's just like, oh, I do this now, great. And there's no, yeah, he's not trying to be something. No, he's not. it's like really you should act the same on the field as you do off the field. And Landry is the only person that that would be that way. He should be the fucking coach and the team captain. No, coach should be the coach. <laughs> and the Don't mayor. talk crazy. Speaking of coach. Speaking of coach, we we were wrong. We were really wrong. We were so wrong. We were so wrong about <laughs> never seeing coach without his shirt off. We saw it twice. <laughs> Two In times. In the same episode. Do you think they were shot at the same time? Yeah, because... I don't think Kyle Chandler would take his shirt off two times. No. So the first time we see Coach in bed, naked. Number- 100% naked. Yeah. Full frontal. Um, the first time I believe he's reading a Bible. It's not confirmed. He's reading like a black book that's that, thick. That much closer to Jesus. Maybe it was the, the playbook. The playbook is like a black leather bound book. Maybe he got a the special Bible one made. The Bible is the playbook of life. <laughs> the ultimate playbook. But also, doesn't Buddy Garrity totally cock block coach later? Well, later, either he's cock blocked or he's ruining the afterglow. It's my mm. opinion oh. that the second time we see Coach in bed, him and Tammy are post coital. Yeah, because they're both breathing really heavily. And, like, her hair's swinging around. You can always tell by the hair. The hair. I was watching Connie Britton on Watch What Happens Live, 
um, that Bravo show where they interview Real Housewives. Um, And she mentioned that in episode two of season one, they wrote like a sex scene for Coach and Tammy and then they filmed it. But Kyle Chandler apparently acted so weird, like a freak, <laughs> and like he's so embarrassed and like couldn't handle it that they cut it out, and now we'll never see it. That's why I think they filmed the shirts off at the same time because he would never take his shirt off. Yeah, two they were times. Like, Turn the lights off, Tammy. Change your tank top. Kyle just stays still. He probably had to like put his head under the covers and do some deep breathing. And like a calm down between takes. It's just them in the room and the camera and the crew has to leave. Mm. And they just count to 30 and then go back in. Yeah. Poor Kyle Chandler. I wonder what his issue is. He's got hangups. Because he's a man and his friends are probably (laughs) making fun of him all the time. Yeah, he probably has a couple complexes. He's going to get one if he listens to this podcast. Do you think Coach is weird in bed? Or do you think Coach is good in bed? I can't talk about it because I'll just have to leave. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I can't go there right now. So that's how good of an actor Coach is. Kyle Chandler. Kyle Chandler. Yeah. He can make us believe that. But then when it comes down to it, he can't perform. Mm. Hmm. 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 <laughs> I'm fanning myself. <laughs> I'm just blushing so <laughs> much. Okay. Hawkeye sidebar. Well done. Was that it? Nobody left? <laughs> no, do you have anyone to add? <laughs> what about Smash? I want to think Smash is hot, but I don't. I'm sad that I don't, and I'm surprised that I don't. It's, is it because he's not tall and strong enough? Like uh, the scout says? <laughs> I'm worried about your size and strength. I mean, maybe if he was taller and stronger, I'd think he was hot, but it's hard to say, not being able to compare them. I just like don't really think he's that fun to like be around. I think he has fun and funny moments, but right now he's so hung up on... You know, am I gonna oh, go to no. state or the blah, main blah, reason blah. that like he's not hot is because he's only obsessed with himself? I disagree. Oh, <laughs> I d- I wouldn't think that's a problem. But he wouldn't care about you. He'd only care about himself. Yeah, but I'm not dating him. I'm watching him on TV. Oh right. <laughs> <laughs> wine time i think it's wine time it was wine time a long time ago yeah it's <laughs> quarter past wine time <laughs> okay so where's the where's the wine <laughs> do you want to do it the wine this week is um a pinot grigio it's an unoaked pinot grigio unoaked pinot grigio which um lends itself to the name naked grape which I'm sure you guys have heard before. Heard of before. In, if you live in Canada, Toronto. Maybe if you're rich. <laughs> <laughs> we spare no expense on this show. So, Katie, what do you think of this wine? You know what? I like it. It's To me, it's like juice. Goes Every- down easy. <laughs> I think if like you took all of our wine ratings so far, it's like, it's like juice. 
<laughs> Easy to drink. We're not Tastes good. <laughs> we're not like the best sommeliers in the business, but we're really trying. Yeah, it's refreshing. It's not too sweet. It's unoaked, so I guess it's sounds well, I think an oaked wine would be good. I think most wines are oaked. So Oh so, but it's naked. No oak. Yeah, naked. No just oak. like where does like the oak come from? The barrel. When, when you do oak. Okay. It's the barrel. So they just put it in like a plastic tub <laughs> or what? So this is for, not for rich people. It's clearly for like it's people that cold pressed grape juice. <laughs> people that make their own wine in their garage, put it in plastic yeah. tubs. What would you rate this wine, Katie? I would rate it nine out of ten coach taylor nipples because we saw four so i think i can extrapolate (laughs) to 10 naked coach naked grape aaron what are you drinking tonight um (laughs) you know like men don't drink wine that's unless you're coach taylor and you drink red wine red wine only we have trucks we (laughs) talk about sports and we certainly don't drink wine (laughs) We drink beer, and I bought three of them, and I've had two of them so far. So, so you that's really, where my head is at. You really like got a taste for it. Yeah, no, I'm drinking an old style Pilsner. I think it's the second least expensive tall can you can buy at the LCBO. What's the least expensive? Uh, oh, Milwaukee. Yeah. Yes. What you buy in bulk? Yeah. So this one's pretty good. I mean, it's definitely unoaked. On the nipple scale, or should I make up my own scale? Follow your heart. Yeah, follow Um, your heart. I I would say three and a half bloody stumps (laughs) out of five. Wow, that's pretty high. For value, uh, mostly. Mm. Uh. If it was oaked, it might be a four. But who's got money for oaked Pilsner? We run this shit on a shoestring budget. Word. Um, anyone want to be our sponsor? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now that it's wine time, you know, let's relax. Let's. Why don't we read some tweets? Yeah, man. Tweet of the week. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. My favorite tweet of the week was actually from January. <laughs> <laughs> tweet of the year. It is a reply to a tweet by Erica Gazingo. I will retweet it. Once. What was that last name? Gaz- <laughs> Gazingo. <laughs> That's a great last name. I don't Shout know. Shout out if- to you, Erica Gazingo. <laughs> Thank you for everything that you've given us, including this tweet. It's actually a reply to a tweet. So Olivia says, can your period sync up with strong female television characters asking for a friend? And Erica says, pretty sure I'm still synced up with Tammy Taylor, which preach. Yo, I'm into that tweet. <laughs> Love that tweet. Thank you, Erica. I think that we are all going through the same thing. Yep. Um, my tweet is by a user um, named Rain, and I will retweet it after um i want to watch friday night lights again 
but I don't have the time. And also I want to die, <laughs> which like I couldn't have written a better tweet. Even if I tried. <laughs> It sums up basically everything I'm about in less than 140 characters. Do you think those are unrelated or do you think because she doesn't have the time she wants to die? I think it's like you start with like, I think it's two things that find their way together. Yeah, you start with one thing in your life and then it just sort of gets down to brass tacks. Like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah. Yeah, she just cuts to the chase. I like it. Totally, totally. Okay. Um, This one is from a a Twitter user named Cal, whose handle is Serial and Heroin. Great. Love Friday Night Lights. But why is Jason Street's mouth constantly open? Inquiring minds want to know. Okay, I'm a fan of the show. Don't get me wrong. But why that mouth open? (laughs) I think he's in awe of the beautiful lake. Still? Like forever? (laughs) He's in awe of the beautiful lake and he cannot believe that he saw Tim and Lila canoodling. Whoa, that's like a... A good amount of things for his mouth to be open about. And yeah. also he just like generally is like screaming silently because yeah. he was in a horrible accident and he can't believe his life now. True. Listen, Cal, <laughs> you don't know his struggle. We got a lot to tell you about Jason Street in the school of hard knocks. Oh, we we start out like not being really Jason fans, but we've defended him a lot in this episode. Well, you don't have to be a Jason fan, but... You gotta, you gotta respect the yeah. struggle. He goes through a lot, mm-hmm. and he comes out the other side stronger than ever. What about that moment when he comes through the other side of the of the uh, banner? Oh, the banner during the homecoming mm. game. Yeah, and the crowd's like, oh, "Who is? What is this?" And he throws his hand <laughs> up. What's that contraption? <laughs> <laughs> and then you know you sort of relate to him in a in a weird way. You see, like he can. His hands, like he can barely like push his own wheelchair. Yeah, that was through. a tough moment. It's tough. Yeah, and he really struggled with should he, yeah, man. be you know the um, the honorary coach for the homecoming game. He didn't want to be like a spectacle, but yet he wanted to still be a part of the festivities. Mm-hmm. But coach would never ask him. Coach would know if it wasn't right. Yeah, but also I think like no matter what, like it's always kind of like in the you always kind of touch on that spectacle kind of nature. Mm-hmm. It's hard to like, even with best intentions, like, you know, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to like escape it. Yeah. So on that note, yeah. positive anyway, note, keeping on that your note. mouth closed is a luxury. So <laughs> enjoy it every yeah, it's day. It's a privilege. Yeah. Don't, don't ever forget that Cal. <laughs> Okay, so I have something kind of funny to show you guys. Okay. <laughs> um, so you know how we like talk a, talk a big talk about how Julie's the worst? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, do you remember that crazy, <laughs> totally out of the blue, that crazy Miss America pageant where that Miss Carolina gives like an insane answer? I do kind of remember that, yes. Rings, rings a bell, yeah. Okay, well, guess... Guess who made her give that answer? Um, Julie. I'll tell you, <laughs> no. tell you now. 
Recent polls have shown a fifth of Americans can't locate the U.S. on a world map. <laughs> Isn't Julia Taylor? Why do you think this is? Oh I my god, that's so weird. That U.S. Americans are unable to do so because uh, some people out there in our nation don't have maps and uh, I believe that our ed education like such as in South Africa and uh, the Iraq everywhere like such as and I believe that they should uh, our education over here in the U.S. should help the U.S. or should help South Africa and should help the Iraq and the Asian countries so we will be able to build up our future for our children. Thank Whoa. you. <laughs> Oh, man. That's how I feel every time I open my mouth on this podcast. Um, <laughs> I'm like, well, my male friendship is strange. Because, and like um, such as. And of course, the trucks, but also the beautiful lake. So when you get there, you can then uh, feel a certain sense of self and uh, for the children, uh, obviously. I feel, I feel like Amy Teagarden is asking Julie Taylor a question. <laughs> Yeah. And because, like, when Julie talked, she's like, um, well, yeah, uh, no, because, like, well, okay, bye. <laughs> anyway, I just thought it was crazy that the worst thing that ever happened on television <laughs> was fueled by. Fueled by the worst character who was ever on television. That was good. That was great. I liked that a lot. <laughs> So to sort of start the next, like to ease us into the upcoming football game, um, which is the homecoming game, we um, sort of learn about like past Panther glory a little bit. And it's homecoming, which Aaron explained to us is when people like alumni come back to the school to celebrate. Who who has time? I don't know. <laughs> So anyway, it's homecoming and some old quarterback comes back who was part of a state winning team. Um, he was like a prodigy coach, coached him and everyone's super happy to see him. They think his life is going amazing until it comes out that like his life isn't amazing. He like hurt himself, couldn't play football, didn't care about football, dropped out of school, has a dead-end job. Basically... He doesn't even have a job. He fell from grace, but everyone still thinks of him as this, like, football god. So he's there to illustrate, as Tammy says... You know what the problem is? It's this town, baby. This town makes these teenage kids into idols. He's a good and, kid. And, and, I and then they get out of here, and everybody's not just giving them something all the time. They don't know what to do with themselves. They fall flat on their faces. It's a shame. Every time this show tries to bring a character from the past into the present, it's so bad. Yeah. It's not interesting. This guy... I get why he's there, but I don't like it. This guy, like, it, like you Smash sees him and goes like, oh, man, like, I want to be like that guy. And then when Smash starts having his, like... um self-doubts it's like oh you know this is exactly the trap that this old quarterback fell into and then when matt sees him all matt is like oh, i'll never be as good as that guy like i'm a shitty quarterback and then matt kind of gets like weird vibes from it so i think like 
so it's important, but the guy is so boring. Yeah, he's bland, and the storyline... It doesn't really go anywhere. It goes nowhere, and... There's got to be a better way of them to be, like, to show... Like, to get that point across without having... Yeah, maybe, like, a multi-episode arc? Something. It's the same when that... When Tammy's old boyfriend comes back from the past in season two. It's so, and it's Peter Berg. I can't wait for that. Who just clearly wanted to, like, act like Connie Britton's boyfriend. Yeah, he just got a little jealous of uh, Kyle Chandler. Yeah, I just feel like this show a lot of the times uses like these one-off characters as plot devices and mm-hmm. like he's just there like you said he's just there to show how fleeting the sort of like football system is as like uh and like you know the best case that's the best case scenario scenario for like a Matt Saracen at this point like he thinks like I'm gonna win state and then I'll be the king of the world I'll open my own agency and then it, <laughs> then it like crumbles down and this guy's agency is fake and he can't, yeah. he can't even become an assistant coach. It's yeah. super sad. So many people have so much invested in this in this football system, and it, like, fails them, ultimately. And nobody talks about it except for Tammy. Yeah. The voice of reason at all times. And at Landry, all times. Yeah. Ah. Wait, did Lizzie Landry talk about it? No, but... Wait. He doesn't buy in. Mm-hmm. He doesn't buy in in the way that the rest of the school mm-hmm. does. I think, yeah, because I think like Matt is like frustrated or something, and Landry is just like, just ask Julie out. Like, stop being dumb about this. Like, just go do the thing that you actually want to do. Landry and Tammy are both like ginger oracles. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> like ginger prophets. It's like our lives were so hard, and we were bullied so much. No, uh, Tammy says that she was the hot girl in school, remember? Yeah, she said she's a wild child. Yeah, she was the popular girl. Mm. So where'd she get all her life experience from? Living. (laughs) (laughs) We have so many, like, Tammy's, like, past is such a mystery, and we just want to know all the answers about it. Like, because she's so cool and, like, wise and important but that she just it's like where does she get that from yeah we have a lot of questions about it actually yeah i want to know like how did tammy and coach meet like what was their lives like he definitely was obsessed with her and she it's drake and rihanna all over again (laughs) and she was just like nope i'm just gonna do me and whatever and he probably did something really chivalrous to win her over or something well, jumping forward in time back to that weird peterberg cowboy ex-boyfriend <laughs> of tammy's um i mean not to get too into season two because that's a whole other ball game totally whole other ball game Football anyway game as far as i know coach told tammy that peterberg was cheating on her and that's how they got together uh, it's weird weird imagine a prequel series who would play Tammy and Coach? <laughs> I have to think on this one. They have to do like American Idol, like to find the perfect <laughs> <laughs> to find the perfect Tammy hair. Like it can't just be anyone. <laughs> no, then with your system, it won't just be anyone. <laughs> Okay. 
So the homecoming game is against the Larrabee Lions, and they are their district. It's a district matchup. Like, I don't know what that means. Yeah, what does that mean, Aaron? Uh, I'm just guessing, really, but... uh, (laughs) We're always just guessing. I would say that if you are in the same district, um, your teams would face each other more frequently, and if you if you your record will be compared to that team's record mm. as to whether or not you will pass into the playoffs, if you know what oh, I mean. Oh, cool! That's actually important then. So, like, the top team from the district goes on to the playoffs, say, or maybe top two. Hmm. Um. So they ultimately like they need to have a good record, but like this is a team that they're like directly competing with to get to the postseason. Okay. Cool. So um, they're playing Larrabee. Voodoo is like not really, he's like in a, he's not playing quarterback, I think. I think like coach has him doing something else because he just, his attitude is too insane. And Smash is so obsessed with like getting on this recruiter's list that he gets in his own head and just like, and just fucks up the whole first half. Coach has to pull him into the locker room and like yell at him. To stop being stupid. Yeah, he yells at him big time. I'll tell you what the problem is, Smash. The problem is the guy out there with the damn clipboard. That's the problem. That's the problem. You don't play for UT. You play Dylan Panther High School football. And you play for me. So forget the damn list. He's just like, you know what you need to do? Like, don't think about that. Be normal. Like, we've they've already lost two games. They cannot lose again. Right? They lost two. Yeah, they lost two and... Yeah. Oh, no, they lost one and then they forfeited they one. They forfeited one, yeah. So it's really crucial that they win. Yeah. And Smash is making really dumb mistakes. So Smash gets frustrated, throws his helmet. Bad move. Totally bad move. Poor sportsmanship. And Riggins gets put in as tailback. Okay. Tailback? Yeah. What's that? So as... I, I did a little research. <laughs> Thank uh, God someone does research. <laughs> a tailback, also known as a halfback, what is maybe the most gl- what the most glamorous? Is that have to do with like lobsters? Wait, then who played tailback before? Smash. What? what? It's, it's, uh, they're both running backs too. Okay, yeah, let's they're not, both let's running backs. Let's not get backs. granular. Let's just keep moving. Lucy <laughs> <laughs> goosey, baby. <laughs> so. As a tailback, you can play, you get the glory defensively because you're on, you're basically on the line of scrimmage blocking in some plays if you're going to throw to your wide receiver. Um, But you're also kind of the go-to guy for running the ball or catching short passes, advancing the team down the field. So it's super important in offense to have someone who's a good tailback, good halfback. So... Riggins really steps up to the plate. Yeah. He does, and he starts crushing it. Smash doesn't touch the ball at all in the second half. And also, P.S., Riggins is only amazing because he's sober this week. Yeah, he's Mm. always amazing if he's not drunk. And he's even pretty good when he's drunk. Yeah, but he has, like, the extra, I guess, like, energy or his brain's not cloudy, and he can play so well. Mm -hmm. And he pretty much single-handedly claws the Panthers back. In contention, mm-hmm. gets two touchdowns. I don't even. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think mm-hmm. he runs them in both times, and they win. Lila really sees his potential at this part. Mm-hmm. 
He's sober. He's good at football. He's always been a solid player, but he's never really been the star player. He's sweating for all the right reasons. <laughs> I guess let's get into our football questions now that we're talking about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Aaron, we have a couple. I'll try my best. I've watched at least seven football games in my life. That's... Uh, probably I've watched seven football games, too. Yeah. Pretty close. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna hit you with some tough questions. Mm-hmm. What's a defensive end? Or did you already answer that? <laughs> tail, did tailback halfback? Defensive end. The only thing I can really say is it, <laughs> based on those words, <laughs> you're a defensive player who plays at the end of the line of scrimmage, like the two ends so imagine the lineup of of players at the at the line of scrimmage where they like hike the ball the offense is hiking the ball and then gonna, they snap it they snap it yeah. is snap and hike the same yes okay why I two think. terms for the same thing <laughs> it's a complicated game i don't i really don't know but <laughs> but so yeah they just stand sort of at the end it's their job to sort of watch what's going on towards the side of the field Maybe pick off the the wide receiver, maybe a side blocker. I don't know. I don't really know what they do, but that's my my guess based on the words. What was it again? <laughs> defensive. Defensive and end. end. Tyra gets asked out by a defensive end, and she kind of like rubs it in Tim's face. Because they're not cool. Is no, be- that why? Because. Oh, just because. Yeah, yeah okay. because they used to date. It's not like. I got a defensive end asking me out. Can you believe that? <laughs> no, she's like bragging kind yeah, of. Yeah, she's like, uh. defensive end asked me out. And Tim's like, yeah, I know who that is. That's my good buddy. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't say that, but. um, Aaron, what's a reverse? So a reverse, as I understand it, is an offensive play when it's kind of like a trick. So it's uh, uh, instead of running forwards with the ball. Maybe you run a play where you pass off the ball and someone runs it backwards at first and around and kind of takes uh, like the back door mm, towards the end zone. Kind cool. Of okay, I, I can picture yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, That's what I think. It Great. sounds right. Tweet, tweet the podcast. What is the Clear Eyes Pod? At Clear Eyes Pod. Let us know if my horrible football analysis holds any value at all um we'll do a poll to see if we should ask you back (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna create so many false twitter accounts (laughs) so many egg profiles okay so here my next question is the announcer says that coach taylor needs to circle the wagon Mm. what in god's name does that mean so i think that circling the wagons is just like a general idiom for uh, like being prepared. Is it Southern? So like, you know, imagine, do you ever play Oregon Trail? What? Never mind. Move it, on. It's like Cross Country so Canada. Like Cross Country Canada video game. You know how you have like um, wagons when you're like, the, like you're sort of like a settler in like... Like the Donner Party. Yeah. So those sort of covered wagons were sort of the way that... Uh, the Americas were settled. And so in order to protect themselves from any sort of threat, they'd circle the wagons around their camp so that nobody could get in. 
So circling the wagons is like, let's be super good at defense together. Oh, so it's a football idiom that dates back to pioneer times. That was a fucking history lesson. I feel like we could just be like, let's circle the wagons. And you just like close the window, lock the door, make sure this place is secure. I always make sure of those things. So you always circle the wagon. Totally. Like your door person, Shelly Thompson. (laughs) Shout out (laughs) Shelly Thompson. Sharon Thompson. Sharon Thompson. (laughs) It was was impossible to get in this building. She circled the wagons big time. She circled the wagons, saw me as a threat. (laughs) Because I was holding a paper bag filled with beer. Awesome. uh, Yeah, okay. Okay, so what is running into our protection? So, <laughs> their protection or our protection? Our protection, I think. So basically, I think what the coach is saying is that Smash is running directly into the people who are blocking his path. That's dumb. So he's he's sort of just like freaking out. He's not using them as sort of like a block to uh, to keep the other team away from him. He's just kind of running right into his own players and kind of getting shut down every so time. he's not following the plays. No, and he should be essentially using the block to allow him sort of this safe passage to the end zone, but instead he's like going the opposite way right into trouble so i think that leads into our next question yeah so then read the blocks hit the gaps he should be hitting the gaps not running into his protection exactly Mm, nailed it predict the defense see the see the space right through awesome crazy that they all know those formations i'm just singing formation in my head now (laughs) got hot sauce in my bag swag there you go I think uh, we've covered our important topics. There were a lot of them. I think seasons or episodes six and seven are pretty, pretty in the bag. I think we we nailed it. If we missed anything, you know where to tweet us. You can tweet us at Clear Eyes Pod on Twitter. And uh, Aaron, what's your Twitter? At Aaron Zorgel. Aaron, thank you so much for coming in today. It was a delight. Thank you for having me. It was very special. Thank you for coming up with the name of our podcast mm-hmm. and the concept of our podcast and just giving us um, the strength, the inner strength to go on. Thank you for with... being our coach, Taylor. <laughs> well, once that naked great money comes through, just, just you know, 15% <laughs> is all. What about 1% like what Riggs is going to get from Jason's NFL money? Texas Forever, I mean, you, you can live off that, depending. Make it great. Texas you know Forever. Paris Pod. <laughs> you can also find us on um, SoundCloud. SoundCloud.com slash Clear Eyes Pod. You can find us on iTunes. Search Clear Eyes Full Hearts Plus Booze. And we are also on Pod Bay. And we're on Instagram. Oh. Surprise. Are we? We are on Instagram. We have zero following zero followers but we have one picture awesome so let's come on guys let's make this happen we're clear eyes pod on instagram all day every day okay once again thank y'all so much for listening 
We appreciate each and every one of you. This week, we had a chance to talk to a bunch of you on Twitter, and it was so amazing. Keep tweeting at us. You guys are so funny. Yeah, man. We love it. We love it. We like our. We like when you tell us how our show has touched your life. It means a lot to us. It keeps us going. Find your own beautiful lake. <laughs> Until next time. Thank y'all. Bye.